0: In a moment, we're going to be discussing the Sixth Amendment, sort of. But we'll be looking at the way Utah courts have been able to transition to a form of doing business that... Uh, safeguards all of those involved in this coronavirus era. There is uh, a lot of video conferencing going on in Utah courts. So we're going to dig into that in just a moment. In fact, we'll be joined by 3rd District Judge Todd Shaughnessy uh, to, to discuss with us all he knows about the, this new plan on how courts are operating. But I want to tell you something I just moments ago learned. Uh, this is some news uh, taking place right at this very moment outside the Supreme Court of the United States in Washington, D.C., uh, it turns out, and this is uh, according to Chad Program, a reporter with Fox News. Uh, Someone I used to know very well uh, when I worked out in Washington, D.C., according to a spokeswoman for the Supreme Court right now, an individual has poured an accelerant on and set fire to an unmarked Supreme Court police vehicle on Maryland Avenue near First Street, which is just right adjacent to the Supreme Court. There was another vehicle there which uh, sustained some damage as well, but it is absolutely mind-blowing to picture that. And If you can, if you've been there uh, visiting, uh, this is where this is taking place, so imagine the... The U.S. Capitol, uh, just in front of that is the, yes, in front, check out history, that is the front side. In front of that is the, the Supreme Court, right next to that is the Library of Congress. It really is like the center of all things uh, legislative and judicial in Washington, D.C., and imagine a car ablaze Right there in the middle of it. These are these are a different set of times. Uh, Also, tangential piece of trivia there. I had forgotten about the police force, the Supreme Court police. Yeah, there is a uh, there is a police force dedicated specifically to ensuring that the mission of the Supreme Court is carried out, the constitutional mission. So uh, very good. About 145 deputized uh, officers on the Supreme Court police force, uh, and it was one of their vehicles right now, which has been uh, intentionally set ablaze and is burning in Washington D.C. Heartbreaking scene. I uh, hope everyone is okay. All right, now let's turn our attention to uh, the, the Sixth Amendment. We know that it is the one that guarantees uh, constitutionally a speedy trial, also uh, which allows us to uh, be to face our accusers. And there are some questions, some natural questions, which have arisen in this new era of the coronavirus as to how, to how to operate the justice system, the courts, and ensure that everyone is safe and healthy. The question that remains is, are these measures in compliance with the Constitution? Are all constitutional rights, both uh, Utah rights guaranteed and uh, federal rights, are they Are they being upheld? And to help us understand better the process and uh, to understand exactly what is being done right now and what uh, the the response plan looks like in Utah courts is 3rd District Judge Todd Shaughnessy, who joins us now. Judge, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great, Lee. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, Tell me about the earliest days of this when you and others first started having discussions as to, uh, oh, shoot, we've got a little problem on our hands. We're going to need to get creative. Uh, What were those days like?
1: Well, uh, it was kind of crazy, as you can imagine. Uh, I think everybody remembers uh, things were really kind of unpredictable, and nobody really knew what was going on. And there was a period of time, I think, where um, you know individual judges, and then later uh, the groups of judges in our districts, were trying to handle some of these things. And it quickly became apparent that we needed a, a statewide strategy. And that's that's really when our state's judicial council, which is the kind of the administrative arm of our judiciary, uh, stepped in and along with the Utah Supreme Court entered a series of administrative orders that were designed to provide some, uh, some uniformity and some clarity to all of the judges and all of the courthouses across the
0: state. Talk to us about some of those larger measures that were taken. What, what were the most dramatic changes to the way operations are handled typically?
1: Well, the most obvious uh, and dramatic change was that we we all but eliminated Uh, in-court hearings uh, or in-court appearances and uh, began to conduct um, almost all of the court's business uh, by telephone conference and by video conference. Um, And we began doing that almost overnight uh, and are largely what we're doing now uh, is doing essentially all of our proceedings either by a, a video proceeding a Zoom-like proceeding, or by telephone conference.
0: How has that been received? Have there been uh, complaints? Uh, have there been individuals involved at any stage of this process, or any uh, portion of the process, say, "Hey, this is pretty good. Maybe we uh, maybe we continue this on into the future."
1: Well, you know, I think the, the the reaction I would have I have to say overall has been very positive. I mean, um, everybody understands that we are in unique and challenging times, and. Um, you know judges lawyers litigants um, everybody has really uh, stepped up they've been patient they've been cooperative we've we've got technology on the line um, remarkably quickly but you know technology isn't perfect um, uh-huh. and things don't go quite as smoothly as we like sometimes but uh, people have really been genuinely um, cooperative and helpful in trying to help us get our get our job done
0: do you anticipate that someday, that there will be legal challenges uh to the way procedures have been carried out in this era will, will at some point someone say you know what i'm not sure that justice uh, actually served me uh, very fairly uh and and there will be challenges to this
1: i imagine there will i mean look lawyers are endlessly creative uh <laughs> in advocating for their clients and uh, i suspect that there will be arguments made about some of the things that we're doing now and um challenges to whether uh, some of those things are appropriate, and we'll just have to see how they play out.
0: We're not conducting jury trials here in the state of Utah. How long can that last?
1: Uh, we are not. Um, we haven't been doing jury trials since um, basically mid-March, uh, and there's a huge backlog. Um, both I, I'm here in Salt Lake County, but in courthouses across the state, there's a backlog of cases that need to get tried. And uh, that's been a real challenge. It's something we've spent a lot of time uh, looking at and working on. And, you know, one of the big challenges there is we, of course, have to ensure that uh, the litigants, the parties' rights to a jury trial are being respected. But we also have to be mindful of the, of the health and safety of the citizens that we ask to come in and serve on juries. So it's a delicate balance uh, that we're trying to draw. And you know, we've got some some ideas and some procedures in line. We've got some tools that we put in the hands of, uh, of judges. We first have to get our courthouses open to in-court proceedings. Um, and that's something that uh, we're, we are not yet open, but we're in the process of gradually moving courthouses to that open phase.
0: In terms of those reopenings, are there benchmarks that you're keeping an eye uh, open for? Are there is there data coming from, say, the state health department uh, or otherwise that that are... You know, once you make that mark that we're going to reopen or what is the evaluation process like?
1: We have a we have a detailed risk response plan. And as part of that plan, we have uh, the court systems are basically operate in uh, three phases in a kind of a red phase, a yellow phase and a green phase. And we are all uh, all of the courthouses across the state are currently in the red phase. And there are court courts that are uh, asking to move to a yellow phase and the requirements to do that are uh, we have some pretty detailed requirements in terms of the 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 physical operations of the courthouse and how things are going to work we also require um certification from the local health agency the county health department or whoever the local health agency is that the um that the covid rates are either stabilized or decreasing for a period of 14 days um before we'll move a court into the, into the yellow phase. And uh, as I'm sure you know and have been reporting on, uh, those numbers have been, uh, in, in most places, have been increasing. And so we're looking carefully at those numbers, and we're inviting really the input of experts because we're not experts on this. Uh, so we're looking to the, to the state and local health departments to really guide us on when it's appropriate to, to allow those
0: proceedings to to open up. Judge Shaughnessy, thank you so much. Third District Judge and member of the Utah Judicial Council helping us understand uh, the way the process of procedures have been impacted by this coronavirus and what tomorrow may bring. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. A quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to look at uh, an unfortunate disparity that exists among the Hispanic community. The Hispanic community has been hit so devastatingly hard and disproportionately hard by this coronavirus. Why is that the case and what's being done to remedy it? We'll dive into both of those questions next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.